Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Friday, June 4th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include down payment assistance, part two of my interview with Nathan Lee, this time on how disrupting the mortgage industry may be harder than originally thought, and the ever-important payrolls data released this morning. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Richie May. Richie May is a recognized leader in providing specialized advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. The firm has also consistently been recognized as one of the fastest growing firms in the country and has been named to the Housing Wire Tech 100 in mortgage, accounting today firms to watch, and the fastest growth firms and an excellence in firm culture by Inside Public Accounting several times. To experience how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit richiemay.com. A while back, I made an appointment at a new doctor, and under the what do you wish to be called section of the questionnaire, I wrote the chosen one. (laughs) Wednesday, I heard the receptionist say, please let the doctor know that the chosen one is here. They've been using it this whole time. Every generation, to one degree or another, believe that they are the chosen ones, but people in their 20s and 30s are finding out that it's tough out there buying a home. And as Fannie and Freddie shift their footprint, savvy MLOs know that down payment programs may help homebuyers get into a house sooner than they think. In the article, Is Down Payment Assistance for Everyone? Down Payment Resource discusses a few basic requirements homebuyers should keep in mind when considering down payment help. For the link to that story, as well as the latest on employment opportunities, lender services and products, and Fannie and Freddie shifting their footprint as mentioned above, visit robchrisman.com. Joining us today is Nathan Lee from Richie May. Nathan has served in a variety of capacities during his 17-year tenure at Richie May, including leading the firm's overall practice growth strategy, as well as the firm's national mortgage banking practice. He currently leads Richie May Advisory, the firm's practice dedicated to risk assurance and advisory, integrated risk management, data analytics, intelligent automation, technology, and more. He also continues to maintain an active role in the mortgage industry, and is a regular contributor to the firm's mortgage banking technical literature. Nathan's experience and his passion for building and serving clients is well known, and we are pleased to have him on the podcast today. How do you see the digital transformation of the industry continuing to develop? And and are there any potential traps associated with that that people should look out for? I think so. That's a great question. The way loans have been manufactured for decades in, in the industry is going to change. And I think it's going to change in a big way. So much of what is done manually today can be automated. And we are working with a number of forward-looking companies on automating processes across the entire organization from front office, including borrower interface, borrower engagement, to middle and back office. Mortgage companies are really leaning into technology and automation and, and we're focused on being there to meet their needs with them and to help them transform their businesses and prepare for the future of mortgage lending. But I think it's going to change in a big way over the next several years. And I think one of the things that, that, that is really important in the industry is, is somewhat of a, of a realignment of expectations. I think there, there tends to be an expectation in the industry that automation is going to lead to an 80 or 90% reduction in costs. And that's just not the reality. Uh, Even leveraging automation, uh, I saw a study released recently from Deloitte where they said that companies that are leveraging technology 
are generally expecting to see a 20 to 25% reduction in costs. And, and so I think sometimes what happens in this industry and others is that there are these unrealistic expectations around the reduction in cost, and that prevents companies from jumping in, kind of leaning into technology and leaning into automation because they expect these, these big home runs. And the reality is that the reduction in costs are still there, but they're not as significant as many think. But it's also contributing to reductions in errors, increased efficiency, yielding increased consistency and scalability, and uh, among a number of other benefits. And so I, I think companies need to need to reset those expectations and not let the unrealistic expectations be the enemy of getting started on a journey towards increased use of technology and automation. And then I, I would say probably finally, and uh, something for them to be uh, focused on or wary of is, is buying a bunch of spot solutions that, that solve specific spot use cases in the loan manufacturing process. Because what you'll end up with is a Frankenstein and you'll have a bunch of systems that are performing specific functions that you're then trying to integrate and string together. And that becomes very, very difficult. And so I think they should instead be focused on leveraging uh, a platform that provides the functionality that they need all in one place and allows them to build and layer more automation as time goes on. It doesn't all have to be done at once, but it's, it's a journey over a period of, of several years. But a platform that allows them to do that, manage it, maintain it, and control it uh, in one place without giving up so much control to a bunch of spot solutions that are then difficult to integrate together. So I think those are those are going to be really really critical for people to focus on. Yeah, it's certainly been a common theme in interviews I've done recently about getting getting one's tech stack to play nicely with itself. You know, there's all these technologies mm-hmm. out there, but it, but if it doesn't work well and integrate well, it's, it's not going to be as effective. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. the, this industry still seems ripe for disruption, whether that's, uh, in the, on the purchase side of things, the, the fees paid to listing or buying agents or whether it's LO comp, it, it seems like there are opportunities for reduction in costs and I mean, maybe LOs would be worried about that. You've mentioned consolidation a couple of times in this interview, mm-hmm. uh, as an industry expert, are you cautious about that? Or are you cautious about other things, or what? What are you worried about for the future? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think in the near term, and I would be the only person to say this. I'm quite sure. In the near term, obviously, it's it's lower volumes, leading to increased competition, reduced margins, which we're already seeing, especially in the wholesale correspondent and direct to consumer channels, and and then ultimately pressure on profitability. We've all seen this movie before. We know how it ends uh, when, when the boom cycles come to an end and, uh, and it's happening again now as we speak. And, and so I think that is, is obviously something that is concerning to, uh, to everybody in the industry and, and certainly something that, that everybody's going to be dealing with here in the near term. And then I think longer term, it's exactly what you said, Robbie, and that is 
disruption. And uh, we've seen it over and over in, in lots of industries. Uh, the mortgage industry probably is a little bit more challenging for uh, those fintech types to come in and really disrupt because there's a tremendous amount of complexity to this business with a lot of with a lot of parties that are involved in in every single uh, loan origination transaction that occurs and so there's there's a lot of complexity it's not as easy as as uh, just pushing a button and getting a closed loan and so but i do think there there are lots of companies that are very focused on coming into this space and and disrupting it completely changing the paradigm and originating loans in a very different way and uh, and that's going to be something that uh, that i think everybody needs to pay attention to in the coming years because uh, there will continue to be lots of interested parties because there's a tremendous amount of, of money to be made in this business obviously there there are three to five trillion dollars i think was done last year in loan volume done every year and so the the numbers are large and it attracts companies that uh that, that see an opportunity in the industry so i think that's going to be something that um that is going to become you know more and more significant here as time goes on and, and technology is advancing really rapidly. It's giving companies that come into this industry the ability uh, to really improve that borrower experience. And if they can do that really significantly and materially so that those borrowers really are seeing a benefit and they have an opportunity for some significant disruption. So I think that's something to, to be paying attention to long-term for sure. Yeah. And it kind of amazed me last year for, with all these lenders, you might as well get it while the getting's good. But at the same time, these people that have been around should understand the cyclicality of the industry and say the most successful companies are the ones that are going to be prepared for a rainy day because it's inevitably going to come at some point. And it seems like we're transitioning to that with decreasing margins or these price wars that are out there or consolidation. There, there's certainly plenty of other things going on out there in the industry, but I think those are a few of the key things right now. And and things that uh, companies are definitely focused on. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's still a great place to be. It's still a great industry with tremendous opportunities. And so just keep at it. Certainly. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to having you back on as a guest in uh, subsequent weeks here. And uh, thank you for making the time. You bet. Thanks, Robbie. Strong economic data yesterday sparked concerns that the Fed may withdraw its daily bond market purchase support sooner than expected. May's increase in private payrolls was the largest since June 2020, according to ADP data, while initial jobless claims fell below 400,000 for the first time during the pandemic. The ISM non-manufacturing index for May hit a record high of 64%, marking the 12th straight month of growth for the services sector and a new record high for the series. Its price component hit its highest level since July 2008. This week's Freddie Mac primary mortgage market survey saw the 30-year fixed rate tick back up 4 basis points to 2.99%, with the 15-year fixed rate unchanged at 2.27%, and the 5-1 hybrid arm rate up 5 basis points to 2.64%. Separately, Black Knight reported that the number of active forbearance plans declined by 71,000, or 3.2%, since last Tuesday. Plan starts saw their lowest weekly total since the onset of the pandemic, with noticeable declines among both new forbearance starts as well as restarts. As of June 1st, 2.12 million, or 4%, of homeowners remain in COVID-19-related forbearance plans. This first Friday of the month means Payrolls Friday, with the employment report just released. 
Non-farm payrolls for May were up 559,000, while the unemployment rate came in at 5.8%, and hourly earnings were up 0.5%. We've also seen some remarks from Fed Chair Powell, and later this morning brings April factory orders. The New York Fed desk will target up to $5.2 billion of 30-year 2% and 2.5%, composed of $2 billion Gini 2s, followed by $3.2 billion of UMBS. After the employment data, we began Friday with agency MBS prices a touch better and the 10-year yielding 1.61 after closing yesterday at 1.62%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. First World Problems, Part 404. I can't quite get the zoom lighting right in my Hawaii condo because the palm trees are swaying. My house has a motion detector faucet in the kitchen, but my lake house doesn't, and it takes me a day to adjust. Because of COVID seating at the local sporting events, I'm four rows back from my usual seats. And finally, my girlfriend says her Christian Louboutins don't quite fit right. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Richie May. For over 30 years, Richie May has been deeply involved in the mortgage industry to bring solutions and innovation through advisory, audit, tax, technology, and other services in the mortgage industry and in banking. To learn more about how Richie May can help you transform your mortgage business, visit RichieMay.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at RobChrisman.com. Visit RobChrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.